0: chapter 20 of the lady's mile this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the lady's mile by mary elizabeth braddon chapter 20 at pevenchole place pevenchole place was a noble modern mansion which thomas labier the elder had built for himself in the days when he still hoped to find a worthy successor to his commercial glory in the person of the lad who was spending his juvenile leisure among lords and commoners on the grassy meads of eton the great mill wealth had been lavished freely on the solid grandeur and decorative splendours of Pavinchel, the house was in the italian style a noble square white mansion with a balustrated roof surmounted by airy turrets and a broad terrace walk that commanded one of the loveliest prospects in yorkshire no vulgar architect had designed the manchester trader's dwelling the millionaire of to-day begins life with gigantic advantages he has the benefit of two thousand years of civilization and may profit by the experience of emperors before the plans for pevenshall were completed and approved mr lobier had been made familiar with all the masterpieces of domestic architecture still existing in the present or known to have existed in the past he had disdained Stowe and had rejected Hill. he had pooh-poohed adrian's villa and turned up his nose at the abode of Lucullus he had remarked that the apartments of sallust at pompeii might be eminently adapted for a gentleman's wine-cellars but were utterly unfit for a gentleman's residence after going through innumerable folios of drawings and engravings which his architect happy in the expectation of five per cent on some fifty thousand pounds had brought to him mr labier made his choice with that promptitude and decision which had regulated his conduct in all the most important affairs of life if i can't have that he said laying the end of his square forefinger on an engraving of warwick castle and of course i can't for i never saw anything in the way of a castle built nowadays that didn't look like a workhouse or a jail i'll have that and he transferred his finger to a water-colour sketch of a modern italian villa in the suburbs of florence or at any rate i'll have that kind of place light and bright and cheerful looking outside but as warm and comfortable inside as an old-fashioned farmhouse And from garret to cellar as solid as the tower of london give me a drawing-room forty feet by twenty-five an entrance hall thirty feet square and take care there's no such thing as a dark corner or a narrow passage in the house and i shall be satisfied after having said this thomas labier the elder declined all further discussion upon the subject of the house that was to be built for him in the space of a few months the lordly mansion arose on the slope of a wooded hill-side and all the district wondered at its grandeur the architect had carte blanche there were chambers panelled with oak and cedar sandal and maple wood there was a staircase of carrara marble with balustrades of carved bronze and lamps copied from antique roman models Julius caesar might have ascended such a staircase and would have found nothing to criticise in the perfection of its appointments thomas labier the elder approved of the mansion because it was large and handsome and was very slightly affected by the odour of classicality that pervaded it he freely paid the amounts which the great builder demanded of him and it was only when he looked over his banker's book at the close of the transaction that he knew how dearly his fancy had cost he sent the architect to london to give the necessary orders to upholsterers and pevenshall place was furnished in perfect harmony with its architecture but with very little reference to the peculiar taste of its proprietor the architect had an especial tenderness for the classical and the great mill-owner eating his frugal meal alone in his vast dining-room illumined by candles in oxidized silver branches that might have appropriately adorned the banquet-table in the apollo chamber was inclined to think his new mansion somewhat cold and cheerless of aspect it may have been that the millionaire was prone to be dispirited on that first day of his occupation for the morning's post had brought him a letter from the dame in whose house his son and heir was lodged and the terms of the epistle were very uncomplimentary to thomas the younger and this feminine complaint about master lobier's delinquencies his cruelty to smaller and weaker boys his falsehood and cunning his obstinate resistance of authority was only the beginning of the evil to come from the day in which the mill-owner took possession of his splendid dwelling until the hour in which he exchanged it for a very mean and narrow habitation his life was poisoned by corroding cares embittered by perpetual disappointments and all his cares and all his disappointments had one common cause in the person of his son he took a disgust for the gorgeous mansion whose erection had cost him so much money his troubles weighed very heavily upon him in those spacious rooms amidst whose chilly splendour there was no occupation for him at pevenshall the rich man found too much leisure in which to brood upon his cares and disappointments and he was always glad to return to manchester where he had a comfortable dwelling attached to his great warehouses and where he could steep his brain in the small vexations and perplexities of commerce to the oblivion of the prodigal who was so slow to return bevenshel place with innumerable lighted windows flashing on the darkness of the night looked a very noble mansion as cecil approached it in the luxurious broom that had been sent to meet her at the farnley heath station no enchanted palace of fairy story could have shone more brilliantly upon the belated wanderer than did this substantial modern dwelling within splendour and comfort fought for the mastery a gigantic fire of sea-coal surmounted by a monster log warmed and brightened the great italian hall a desecration which would have excruciated the classic architect who had devised an appropriate bronze stove of antique design for the heating of the vast chamber curtains of crimson cloth hung before all the doors and the skins of wild animals lay side by side with persian carpets and the snow-white fleece of peaceful sheep the pair of match footmen who were the chief glory of mrs lobier's establishment advanced to receive lady cecil's morocco travelling bag and to relieve her of her shawl the splendid creatures knew that she was an earl's daughter but they could not entirely conceal some faint tokens of that gentlemanly contempt which a high-bred footman must always entertain for a lady who travels without her maid which your connection with the peerage makes it wuss said one of the gentlemen when he discussed the matter at the social supper table it's bringing the very hoarder she belongs to into contempt the gorgeous creatures relinquished lady cecil's burden to mean her hands immediately after taking them they were attended by aides-de-camp in the shape of an underfootman and a boy page and their reception of the traveller's parcel had been a purely ceremonial act one of these corsican brothers of the servants hall drew aside a crimson curtain and revealed a broad lighted corridor with many doors some of which were open and along which echoed the sound of voices and the resonant music of laughter before cecil could follow the majestic footman that individual drew suddenly aside and a light fluttering figure brightly attired in trailing garments of pink silk half hidden under airy puffings of blonde came hurrying towards the visitor it was flo brighter and more bewitching even than of old with her golden hair tortured into an edifice of puffs la pompadour and sprinkled with glittering particles that sparkled in the lights you darling how good of you to come she cried eagerly i should have driven over to the station myself to meet you but the house is so full of people and i couldn't leave them they are drinking tea in the blue room will you come and plunge into the midst of us at once or shall i take you to your rooms we have nearly an hour between this and dinner and you see i am dressed so for that time i am quite your own do come and see all my new friends cecil you look charming after your journey not a hair turned as our sporting visitors say your little blue velvet bonnet is delicious and that grey cloth travelling dress becomes you admirably come dear let me show these provincial grandees that there is at least one woman in the world who does not talk slang and is not the living breathing image of every other woman cecil pleaded for a retreat to her own apartments but the vivacious florence half-fled half-dragged her to the room whence had issued the sounds of revelry it was an apartment which was small in comparison with most of the pevenshall chambers and which had that air of extreme coziness and comfort with which very spacious rooms are not easily invested here the classic architect had been superseded by florence and the bric-a-brac shops of the west end bright blue hangings contrasted vividly with the cedar panelling tiny gems by modern masters set in deep frames of ebony and gold adorned the walls and these gems were of the first water having been chosen by william crawford as bridal gifts for his only child all that is most comfortable in the way of easy chairs and most eccentric in the shape of tiny tables had been provided for this chamber and here a party of vivacious ladies and agreeable gentlemen were grouped about the fire drinking tea and talking with that pleasant abandonment which pervades unceremonious meetings between luncheon and dinner in an hospitable country-house cecil found the usual elements of such gatherings two or three country squires or heirs presumptive or younger sons of county squires some military men from the barracks of the principal town within twenty miles of pevenshill a sprinkling of the london element as represented by some elegant young members of the clubs a german diplomatist and a bevy of pretty girls whose maiden insipidity was relieved by a handsome widow and a coquettish matron renowned for an especial genius for the cultivation of platonic attachments of course everybody was delighted to see lady cecil Oboinville. the one or two people who knew her were enchanted to meet her again and the people who didn't know her were inexpressibly anxious to make her acquaintance the new-comer was ensconced in the warmest corner of the pretty chamber and country squires disputed for the honour of bringing her strong tea the novelty of the scene was refreshing to her after the dull solitude of brunswick square for let the jaded traveller be never so weary and heartsick, there is some faint sense of pleasure involved in the mere fact of being in an utterly strange place in this cosy morning-room at pevenshall all was brightness and colour everybody was prettily dressed and smiling animated and happy as it seemed and amongst them all there was no one gayer or brighter than florence that mercenary florence for whom cecil had felt such profound compassion and she really is happy thought the barrister's wife as mrs labier stood in the centre of the little throng beaming upon her guests florence insisted upon accompanying her friend to the rooms that had been prepared for her they were very luxurious apartments pervaded by that atmosphere of wealth which reigned in almost every chamber of pevenshall place the marble mantel-pieces were enriched with garlands of flowers the grates were marvels of glittering elegance the china was luminous gold and colour the chintz draperies were as delicate and lustrous as satin the boudoir was a nest for a lotus-eating visitor the low arabian bed looked like a throne the pure white rugs were soft and stainless as new-fallen snow and seen through the bedchamber the lighted dressing-room looked as fresh and bright as a chromolithograph fires burned cheerily in the three apartments Wax candles in blue sevres candlesticks lighted tables and mantelpieces and that travel must have been indeed dead to the influence of externals who had failed to rejoice in such a luxurious shelter what charming rooms cried cecil i am so glad you like them flo answered cordially these rooms are close to my own and i thought of you dear when i had them furnished for though you have always lectured me i think i like you better than any one else in the world except papa this was not a very promising speech from a wife of six months cecil was sincerely anxious about her friend's happiness and was on the watch for faint indications tending to reveal the real state of things mrs lobier had as yet made no allusion to her husband and cecil found it incumbent on herself to inquire after the well-being of the master of "I oh mr lobier is well she said oh dear me yes he is very well flo answered with supreme indifference i have not seen him for the last day or two i suppose he is at manchester he is subject to periodical disappearances and when he disappears people tell me he is at manchester it's very likely he will reappear at dinner-time he generally does reappear at dinner-time and whether he has been out on the terrace to smoke a cigar or a week away at manchester his manner is pretty much the same i've heard people say that mr lobier is not gentlemanly but i am sure that if it is correct not to admire anything and not to be surprised at anything and not to care about anything except the rise and fall of that horrible unsteady money market which fluctuates to such a degree that it makes me dizzy to think of it mr lobier is the prince of gentlemen you talk of things as lightly as ever flow cecil said wonderingly heaven help me when i begin to talk of things seriously answered mrs lobier more earnestly than she was wont to speak and now darling i must run away you have only half an hour between this and eight o'clock and i want you to look your best in order to astonish my yorkshire grandees who go to london once in ten years and who in the interim fondly believe that the civilized world comes to an end somewhere beyond the city of york the pevenshall dining-room enriched by that splendid tribute which modern painters and modern sculptors offer to the golden calf of manchester was a very superb apartment the pevenshall drawing-room would not have shone meanly when contrasted with one of the saloons of windsor and in the drawing-room leaning in a meditative attitude against one of the low mantel-pieces and wearing a sky-terrier with the toe of his boot cecil found mr lobier who gave her a gentlemanly but by no means rapturous welcome to Pevinchall, hope my wife will make you comfortable lady cecil he said i'm sure she ought to do so for she's been talking enough about you for the last fortnight whether you would come or whether you wouldn't come and so on mr lobier's conversational powers were not taxed further just at present for a ponderous butler announced dinner and the host offered his arm to lady cecil to the aggravation of a county matron who considered herself the leading personage at he said very little during dinner and that little related chiefly to the aspect of commercial affairs in america the tightness of the money market the drain of gold from the bank of england and other equally entertaining topics for general conversation two or three men at mr lobier's end of the table listened reverentially to any words that fell from his lips and discoursed with much gusto upon his favourite subjects but the rest of the party divided themselves into little clusters and a buzz of animated chatter filled the room in the course of a commercial discussion it transpired incidentally that mr lobier had spent the last few days in manchester and that things were looking dull there and this was all that he said about his absence from home the evening glided by very rapidly in the great drawing-room where there was room for a carpet dance without disarrangement of furniture and where there were all manner of delightful nooks and corners for confidential conversation a social tragedy might have been enacted in one corner of that spacious apartment while the general occupants of the chamber were laughing and talking in supreme unconsciousness of domestic storm or trouble the evening passed very pleasantly when a large party is assembled in a country house there are generally to be found some nice people and at pevenshel the nice people were in the majority there were musical people and people who were madly devoted to amateur theatricals and there was one gentleman who was great in the performance of spirit-rapping and table-turning and another gentleman who shone as an improvisatore and who sang extempore buffo songs which everybody thought delightfully clever but which would have seemed atrociously stupid if people had had sufficient time or presence of mind to grasp the full meaning of the words or if the singer had not been artful enough to cover his worst puns and his most excruciating rhymes by a volley of common chords altogether the evenings at pevenshill were successful the more so perhaps because the master of the house was apt to withdraw himself to the smoking-room or the billiard-room with a few chosen companions when bidding flo good-night on this first evening of her visit cecil declared that she had enjoyed herself very much i have been leading such a quiet life lately that i did not think it was in me to enjoy society so much as i have done to-night what nice people some of your new friends are flo do you think so mrs lobier said elevating her shoulders with a little gesture which was the last thing in fashion in the best parisian circles perhaps you have not seen the nicest of them yet chapter twenty